This is the evening edition of the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Monday, December 20th, 2021. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, here to practice the art, the craft, and the sport of podcasting. And it's good to be here practicing my podcastification. And thank you for being here with me on this environmentally friendly, ethically sourced, and 100% sustainable podcast. And folks, I wouldn't have it any other way. This might even be organic, but I'm, I'm not sure what the requirements are for being an organic podcast. And I don't want to make that claim, so I'm not going to do that. I am going to tell you, though, that it's free. If you subscribe to this podcast, it will cost you nothing ever. Not now, not in the future, not ever. And I'm not even going to shame you into giving me reviews on iTunes or supporting me on Patreon or telling a friend or anything. If you want to find more about this, you can go over to dailypodcastpractice.com and read up on it. Today is the eve of the winter solstice for 2021, and it's also the beginning of the 11th month of my daily consecutive podcast shows. That's right. It was February 20 of this year, 2021, when I started. So I just have two more months of practice to go to complete my pledge of doing 365 consecutive episodes, one full year of consecutive episodes. And then I graduate, and I got to get serious. <laughs> I can't be practicing anymore. But I'm still not sure what I'm going to do after that. I mean, besides take a week off and enjoy the time. <laughs> one thing I've enjoyed doing is looking at birthdays, and we've got one for today. Born this day in 1940 in the Harlem neighborhood of New York City, American jazz pianist and composer Larry Willis a student of the Manhattan School of Music. Reading from his Wikipedia entry, quote, Throughout his career, he performed with a wide range of musicians, including several years as keyboardist for Blood, Sweat, and Tears, unquote. And that's where I know him from. And he played very well. Larry died of a brain aneurysm in Baltimore, Maryland in 2019 at the age of 76. Happy birthday, Larry. Let's you and I get together for coffee sometime on the other side, what do you say? Also born on this day in 1908 in Dallas, Texas, American civil engineer Francis Cutler Turner, because all important civil engineers have three names, naturally. Frankie spent his childhood in Texas, got a bachelor's degree in civil engineering from Texas A&M in 1929. He was an Aggie and a graduate degree in civil engineering from that same fine engineering institute in 1940. He was assigned to oversee federal aid road projects in Arkansas and then was asked to work on the Alaska Highway, where he is credited with implementing the milepost system when World War II ended. No, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm misreading. He was credited with implementing the milepost system, period. Got it. <laughs> Which is pretty neat. As you go driving down your interstate highway system, you'll see a mile marker off to the right. And it's a very convenient way of figuring out where things are along this long, sinuous path of concrete. All right, let's read more about uh, Frank. When World War II ended, he was asked to oversee repairs of the road system in the Philippines. Then, President Eisenhower 
appointed him to be the executive secretary of the President's Advisory Committee on the National Highway Program, 1954, the year after I was born. He then worked as the deputy commissioner, chief engineer, and federal highway administrator. As the British newspaper, The Independent, noted in his 1999 obituary, Turner's resume can be read in the landscape. When the young area engineer began his career in Arkansas, quote, most American roads were dirt and gravel, unquote. As of 1999, America had 42,000 miles of interstate highway, and these miles have been developed at a cost of $130 billion, and much of that capital had been personally supervised by Frank Turner. 1999, by the way, was the year that Frank died. October 6, 1999, he was 90 years old, died at a hospice in Goldsboro, North Carolina. And so, to a fellow civil engineer, I wish a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Frank Turner. Let's take a random question from 350 kind of good questions to ask, and today's question is number 288. What is the biggest overreaction you've ever seen? The biggest overreaction. I guess that means people are in a circumstance and they just really overreact. That's a tough one. I don't recall seeing a whole lot of those. The thing that comes immediately to mind, though, is that uh, I think my mother was frequently overreacting to my life events. I mean, I recall a couple of those times. And I'm not talking about when I robbed a convenience store or, or got caught beating somebody up. No, these are things that just happened in the uh, the the general course of life. I remember... Let's see, one time uh, I was playing a basketball game. This is grade school, or <clears throat> maybe middle school. And the basketball team had suited up and we played a game. And when I came back and got my clothes out of my locker, uh, the watch that had been given to me was gone and had, had been given to me by my mother's sister, Aunt Dorothy. And mom just went ballistic. She blamed me for losing the watch. And heck, I didn't lose it. Somebody stole it from my locker just I couldn't understand that. So those are the kind of overreactions that that come to mind. But, you know, mom had her own problems, I guess. I don't recall really any episodes where like I was a, a standing observer, a casual observer seeing something happen. But I I do remember one of my own overreactions. Let's see if I can recall the circumstances here. I had just gone into business with Don Culver. We were the multi-dollar general contracting firm of Culver and Grimshaw, Inc. This is 1995-1996. And we bought some lumber from, hmm, who would it have been? I can't really recall which lumber company it was. But the salesman, Jimmy, Jimmy, what's his name? Nice enough guy. And he gave us a price list of all the things. And so based upon that price list, I ordered the lumber for a house. And when I got the invoice, the prices were not the same as was on the price list. They were higher, like substantially higher. And boy, that pressed my buttons. And I thought, wow, this guy thinks I'm just going to take these. He's going to give me some lowball prices and then charge me something else. And it just set me off. And I I called Jimmy and and got mad. And... You know, that that was totally off base for me. 
It was. I was I was out of line because it wasn't his fault. Someone just punched in the wrong price list for our invoice and we got the wrong ones. And all I had to do was be nice and say, Jimmy, I think we have a problem here. Can you help me out? And that's what I did afterward. I, I learned from that episode. I learned I had this, this skepticism, especially when it came to construction, you know, that people were out to to jip me, to to do bad things and to con us out of money and it just set me off. And But that wasn't the case. That was a uh, a preconceived notion that I had that was absolutely false. So I learned from that. And from thereafter, whenever there was a problem with an invoice, I learned to just pick up the phone, call whoever it is I knew who t- could take care of it and explain the situation and say, I need your help. And, you know, when you ask people for help, when you tell them that you need their help, that just throws a switch in their mind and they're ready. They're ready to do that uh, always. And that has served me well. So from that one big overreaction that I had, uh, learned to be better and it has served me well. And I hope that that advice that I'm handing over to you will help you too. One can always hope. And that is all for today. Let's wrap this episode up in this big bag I got from Jimmy John's sandwich shop today because it was Monday. And every Monday, Dudley and I go through the Jimmy John's drive through for lunch. And for those of you who may not know, Dudley is my dog. Dudley is our dog, Jan's dog and my dog. And Jan goes to work at church on Mondays, and so Dudley is with me all day. It's our day together. I go through the drive shoot. I go through the drive through to get my order, and Dudley's friends crowd around the drive through window and make a fuss over him and then give him a doggy treat. And everybody has a great time. So that's what we'll wrap this show up in today is the Jimmy John's sandwich bag. And then we'll stick a fork in it because it's done. I'm Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.